The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is uh, 11.05 and welcome to it, the Pinpoint Health Show. Dr. Lou is ready to uh, to take control. Your phone calls, of course, the, uh, the phone line's already open, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. You have pain and health uh, concerns, asking for a friend or a family member, that's cool. Bring it on, the phone lines are open, we're ready to go. Live show uh, for the next, uh, just under an hour from now. You want to reach out, help at, um, pardon me, info at pinpointhealth.ca through emails, but we got lots of stuff to get through today. Dr. Lou, how are you, pal? Finally, a bit of a cool down. What's uh, how you feeling, Johnny? I'm good. How are you, my friend? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I was going to go out for a bike ride this morning, but no, it was peeing rain happening. all over the place, so I couldn't do anything. Not happening. Yeah. Not happening. No, it was it was crazy thunderstorms last night, yeah. but it was good. I think yeah. we needed um, that. I mean, you know, the the heat is a great thing, but from a health perspective, that level of humidity um, can be very dangerous to certain populations of people yep. um, with pre-existing conditions or or the elderly. So. Um, it's nice when we can get a period like this that will sort of dissipate a lot of that humidity and bring us more to some stable temperatures. So that's good. But outside of that, I mean, things are, are going well. The, the, the new COVID-19 world of health um, is, is sort of starting to t- take shape in terms of things getting back to more normal, uh, where people are able to come in and get the care that they need from their healthcare providers um, as the days go on. More and more people are are getting back to it. There's still a lot of limitation. I mean, I I was supposed to have a dentist appointment this week, and and my dentist, who I've been seeing you know for almost my whole life, um, is still only working on emergency cases only, and not and and this was just supposed to be like a regular checkup. Um, so we've yeah. deferred that. But the great thing is, like when I made that call, he called me back, asked me if anything was going on, you know. So so I think that dialogue is important. You know, there might be instances where it may not be a good idea for you to be going into the clinic if you don't absolutely have to. Um, so I think any clinic or any practitioner that is using those types of methods, where at the very least, like I, I left the voicemail and I had a call back within half an hour, which I think is the right way to do it. And, and, and you know, if I had a more serious issue, he would have happily seen me. Um, so I think that's the right thing. And I've, and, I, and I've mentioned this over the last few weeks where I've heard some concerning types of uh, stories that have been told to me about people who are calling and they're not getting calls back from their their healthcare practitioners offices and they're just sort of left in the dark it's a really dangerous thing i i, I think i think we need to to make sure that people are being taken care of and at the very least i get it if if maybe you don't have the infrastructure and i'm sort of speaking in this in this instance more to healthcare professionals that listen if you don't have the infrastructure to get people back in the clinic that's fine but at the very least, give them a courtesy call. That doesn't mean you have to diagnose them with anything, but maybe you can point them right. in the right direction and those things. And that and that sort of you know takes us to where we are right now with this with this show. Um, I've said this f- for years now. My favorite part about this show is really taking questions from the listeners. So uh, I would encourage anybody listening to call in, um, speak with me, ask the questions that you're thinking, and and sort of do what we do every week, which is sort of you know, point you in the right direction. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to hear on a high level what's sort of going on, some concerns that you may have, and see if there's anything um, that that could be added to that. And, I mean, you know, sometimes we get calls where it seems like the person is doing everything fine and they just sort of need reassurance. Sometimes we've had calls where it seems like they're doing, like, the totally wrong thing and they maybe have to reassess that. But I think that's an important component 
of healthcare is the continual idea of, hey, am I on the right track here? And, and you know, the, the reality is it's interesting. I, I was seeing uh, a patient this week um, uh, who was uh, had a pretty bad neck pain, and, and she, I, this was a family member, so I was sort of treating her, um, and and she had really bad neck pain, and, and I gave her a few treatments and then also gave her some exercises. And it was funny because, you know, I, I had told her on the day that, I, that she first told me that it was bothering her that likely within, you know, three days she'd probably be much better. And, right. um, you know, she, she sort of, okay, and, and it's funny, around three days she got better. And she, she attributed most of that to the exercises that I had given her. And, and that's fine. It doesn't really matter. But it was interesting for me. And I tried to, to make her understand that people always have this idea. They don't understand the cumulative effect of, of treatment, right? So, so had I just given those exercises, maybe you wouldn't have felt better. The idea is everything leading up, it's a staircase effect. Like one step is going to lead to the next is going to lead to the next. And it's all of it being done together. And I see that a lot at the clinical setting where um, people will come in and say, you know, and, and John, you've heard this too, where people will, will call in and people will say like they may have done treatment for three weeks. Um, and they'll say that didn't work at all. But then, you know, on this day I did this thing and then all of a sudden I was better. And they don't realize that a lot of that is natural history. It's the cumulative effect of treatment. You're just sort of trying to find an association, which is human nature, right? Like we're always trying to find that specific causation, not reali not realizing that a lot of it is just simply correlation, that the timing just makes you think that it was that particular thing or that different treatment that you did all, all of a sudden outside of some different uh, treatment that you were doing before. So it's really important. And, th and this, I, I think, falls back again, not to the patient, because patients aren't going to understand this inherently, but it falls back on the healthcare professional. And that's one of the things that at Pinpoint Health and the staff that we have, we've always tried to do is really make people understand, like, here's the game plan for you, for you, for you right now. And that game plan might include ups and downs. It might also seem like for this period of time, not a lot is happening. Uh, but here's where we want to be after the treatment, like call it a three-week treatment plan. And, and what that does is it really lays out the framework for the patient. And I think once patients understand that, it really helps them, number one, to stay committed. Because if you're telling someone, hey, don't expect much relief for the first week, right? And if you don't tell them that, could you imagine what they might do after a week? They might just say, okay, this is, this is clearly not working. I'm going to stop. Yeah. So it's really, really important that healthcare practitioners set out this framework for the treatment plan and give what are the realities of the treatment plan. And I've spoken to a lot of people when I tell them to do something where I say, hey, listen, don't be surprised if you feel worse before you feel better, because I know maybe yep. the particular intervention that they're doing, I know what's going to happen. But that's really important to lay out for a patient because it gives them a real expectation. And it also gives them like when it happens, they sit there and they say, okay, I, I knew this was going to happen. There's an expectation of that. And they're not surprised. Right. And the worst thing when you're trying to get feel better is if all of a sudden you feel worse or if there's no change, then all of a sudden you'll start to say this isn't working and then you'll stop. And that may actually do more damage um, than good. And so it's really important that that framework for care is laid out for people to understand the reality of their care. Let's take a short break. We'll get uh, right back into it here. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show. We're live. We're ready for your calls. Bring them on. Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
Eleven sixteen on Saturday morning, Pinpoint Health Show. Reaching out is simple. Do it now, 416-870-6400. We are live. Of course, you want to reach out to Dr. Lou afterwards. First of all, the Lou Down, the long-form podcast. Uh, some great stuff happening there in the last uh, few months, so you'll want to check that out and uh, get your fill. You can also call one eight five 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 doctor lou D-R-L-O-U, anytime to reach out and have more of a... Uh, a private conversation. I am thinking that uh, now that people are starting to, anyway, things are opening up into stage two. Hopefully we're still a little bit away from stage three, not rushing this sucker. But I think that maybe that people get out. Now, you and I, uh, because we would die without it, we have not really been inactive during COVID-19 and the lockdown. We're still getting out and doing what we can to exercise. But a lot of people have... Uh, had a little bit of a couch potato routine. Now they're starting to uh, breathe a little deeper, get out, become a little more active. This, I think, and you could probably back me up on this, this is where people really got to be careful, where you've been kind of sedentary for three months and you're going to go out there and go gangbusters all at once. There is some potential for injury, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, happening in no. the short term, right? So be careful. Small steps, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think and I think that's even more dangerous for people who maybe had a certain level of activity um, prior to COVID, and then all of a sudden COVID brought them down. Um, and, and these are the people, like, typically if someone's been very inactive for a very long time, they sort of get that they have to start slow. And, and, and I think those people, to some extent, it's not that they're necessarily protected from injury because injury can still happen, but definitely I think they inherently sort of understand, like, okay, I haven't done this in years. I'm going to have to start with baby steps. I, I often will get concerned more with uh, people who have a certain level of activity for whatever reason they take time off and this happens in all different instances in this instance it would be COVID-19 um, and you've got this three-month lull where you've done sort of nothing and then you know the example being like if all of us prior to this you were running you know 30 kilometers a week and and you stopped and then all of a sudden you're like well you know I'm going to go back to running 30 kilometers a week that's the wrong thing to do you're, you're absolutely right you need to graduate back into that um, now you may be able to do it quicker than, than you, uh, than you would if you had never done it, right. You might get back to that within three or four weeks of getting back into it, but definitely in the beginning, you want to graduate back into that. And there's a number of reasons for that. You know, your number one, you would have lost some level of fitness. Um, it, when you look at the research about how long it takes to get fitness, and then how long it takes to lose fitness, you, it, it is much quicker. It is a much oh. quicker process to lose it. In fact, I, I forget, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to my undergrad degree where I did physical and health education, where this is the stuff we looked at all the time. But the, I think within a two-week period of, of not doing anything, you can lose something like 50 or 60% of whatever gains you had made, right? So it's significant. And then all of a sudden, what, what does four weeks do? What does six weeks do? What is eight weeks? Like you're almost after a three-month period may have lost almost everything that you would have achieved, right? And so, so you have to be very careful with that. Um, and when I say fitness, I'm not talking about an aesthetic appearance because that's not necessarily what goes. I'm talking about, you know, lung capacity, uh, heart rate, uh, blood pressure, these other parameters that we look at for what fitness really means. And so those things can go down the toilet pretty quickly when you're inactive. So you've got to be careful when you're trying to come back up. You've got to graduate back into that just based on that simple idea that fitness takes so much longer to acquire than it does to get rid of or to lose. Um, and so that's a, a very important point that you bring up there, John. I do think people really need to be careful with that, especially with the nice weather. And, I mean, we've been encouraging this, that people should be active. Yep. Of course they should be active. 
but that doesn't mean you should just jump willy-nilly into something that you're not used to doing. And, and, and this is like a lot of the, the people that we will see that have these types of sports injuries, we'll, we'll refer the, to them as the weekend warriors, the people that don't do very much. And then all of a sudden on a random Saturday, they think they can play a game of soccer, like when they were younger, right? Like these are the things that you need to sort of be careful with and where injury um, is definitely prevalent. So, um, you know, and, and if I had to give people sort of some advice, like I'm not saying like in that instance, right, if you're going to play soccer and you haven't played in a long time, I'm not saying don't play it. I'm saying just be careful. And, and typically what I tell people is two things. Listen to your body, right? People will often have early indicators like, you know, they'll say like, yeah, you know, after about five minutes, my knee started feeling really weird, but I kept going. Well, listen to your body. If something is happening and, and your body is, is giving you all the, the alarm bells to say, you know what, stop this right now, then stop that, right? Yeah. Just, just stop or slow down or modify. Um, and the other big thing that I would say that is really important is make sure you're warming up really well. So, like, you think of this idea that, like, people are going to go for a run and, you know, they'll grab their heel and stretch their quad one side, other side, and boom, and they're right into a run. Right. That's, that's not a warm-up. And, and, and really when we look at stretching for injury prevention, there's not very good um, research to support that. Really what we see is our muscles have enzymes in them that make them work. They work – these enzymes that really get muscles working well – function at an optimal temperature so it's more important to warm up and what what is a warm-up it's dynamic movement like something as simple as like if you're going to go for a run walk for the first 10 minutes just get your like a very slow walk and start making it faster and faster and that is what warming up is right like same thing if you're all of a sudden going to be playing soccer well graduate into that spend some time you know just walking around maybe some light jogs back and forth bending down, standing straight, like all these things that are just going to warm your body up. That's really the most important thing is to have um, those things, which seems to, to offer some some protection. I mean, this is not like it's going to be fully protection against injury. Sure. We'll take a short break, guys, and uh, get into it more. You have questions about that. Maybe you're thinking about getting into something now that COVID's starting to back off a little bit. You want to make that phone call first. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. We are live till about uh, close to 12 o'clock right here at Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And 1126, welcome back. Pinpoint Health Show, yeah, 416-870-6400. You can uh, give us a call anytime. You have uh, health concerns, pain concerns. That's why Dr. Lou is doing the show every week here on uh, on Saturday, 416-870-6400. The Lou Down is a long-form podcast and info at pinpointhealth.ca to, uh, to reach out as well. So there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the big things that we should talk about, and, and we've talked about a lot on this show because of how important of a problem it is, is low back pain. Um, you know, the, the, the infamous low back pain. I, I was uh, seeing a patient earlier this week um, that had mechanical type low back pain, and, I, and, and I've sort of gone through what that means on the show, but I'll sort of reiterate it. So when we look at what back pain is, 90%, 95% are what we would term non-specific mechanical back pain, which means somehow it's related to the muscles, to the joints, things are going weird, and, and we just 
you know, we can't really specify one thing or another, so we term that mechanical. It's really related to the function and the mechanics of the right. back. And then, you know, in 5 to 10% of cases, you get more serious things, whether maybe that's a, a disc herniation or stenosis or in very scary instances, things like, you know, uh, tumors, which are very, very rare. But, again, the vast majority of low back pain is what we classify as nonspecific mechanical low back pain related to muscle joints function and the me overall mechanics of the body and something has gone wrong. And, and I was seeing a patient who I was telling they had this and he was sort of like, well, why me? Right? Like, why, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? And I was like, you know, and again, I, I, I just think sometimes people don't realize how prevalent low back pain is. And I sort of said to him, it's not just you, my friend, there are a lot of people. In fact, the statistic is that, low back pain will affect 80% of the population at some point in their life. That is a <laughs> tremendous amount of people. That, and that, that statistic doesn't look at just, like, let's say, Western culture. This is across the world. doesn't really matter on gender. It doesn't matter on age. It does, well, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter on age. Obviously, as you get older, it might be more likely. But, but at some point, 80% of the population will suffer from some type of low back pain. Once you have low back pain, an episode of low back pain, your likelihood of experiencing a second one goes up. And then if you get a second one, the, the likelihood of experiencing another episode continues to go up and up and up. So, so, these are, so a lot of people have this story. This is not an uncommon story. And, and, and everybody has sort of heard somebody or whether, and, and when I say heard somebody, I mean somebody really close to, to home, like whether it's you or a parent or a sibling or a loved one or whatever, You've heard this story where someone all of a sudden hurts their back. Um, you know, two weeks it clears up and they seem to be fine. A year later, their back goes out again. Same, right. same sort of idea. Two weeks it seems to be fine. They don't, maybe they take a, some over-the-counter medication. And this story happens on and on and on, right? And, and finally you get to a point where, and this is when finally they come in to see somebody, which is typically someone like me, where the story then becomes like, hey, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in this debilitating pain. I've been in this, this situation for months. I have not been able to do what I would usually do. And one of the questions that I always ask people is, have you ever had low back pain before? And typically the first initial gut reaction to that, because they're thinking, have they ever had that exact, exact same level of pain before? Their answer becomes no. And I'm like, so you, and then, and then I'll respond by saying, so you have never, ever, ever had any type of low back pain before where even something was off. And then right away it switches where people will say, oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I typically will get like an episode that's not too bad and it'll happen every six months or so. And I know that if I go for a massage or if I take a hot bath or whatever it is, I get better. And, and they somehow think that the episode that they're in now is not related to the cumulative effect of all the things that would have happened in that period of time. And, and that's where then really I have to educate them. And so, and then, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I said in, in that part of the story that typically I see people when they're dealing with something that's that bad, it's not going away. They, they haven't been able to figure out anything that is going to help them. I am telling this story to target those other people right now. I'm not, not that we can't help the people that are at that stage, but if you're one of those people that is, that story sounds very familiar to you. Like, yeah, I get an episode of low back pain every few months. I, I do something. And then within a few days, it goes away and that's it. And, and you're thinking that it's never going to progress to anything worse. 
The unfortunate news that I have for you is that the scientific evidence, the clinical experience of many, many clinicians will show you that that is not true. It, it often will just get to a point where all of a sudden, if you're not doing anything to intervene, and, and doing anything doesn't mean, you know, expensive, sophisticated treatments, but rehabilitation. If you're not, if you're not doing things to make your back stronger in, in a, in a spine-specific way, this doesn't mean generalize, oh, I work out or, you know, I try to stay active. That's not what this is. If you're experiencing that, you probably need to get on some type of low back pain rehabilitation program that will prevent you from getting worse. And there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure right now, that this story is sort of hitting home for them, that they're saying, yeah, that sounds like me. This is like, you know, I'm somebody that, you know, every few months or, or every year I get an episode of low back pain. It's not horrendous. It goes away within a few days or maybe a week, maybe two weeks, and I go on with my life. Don't ignore that. That is the early, early indicators of, of, of something that becomes much, much more serious because, again, the statistics, that breakdown in the mechanics is cumulative. It doesn't stop. It's going to continue. It's going to continue to happen, and you will get to a point, unfortunately, where it will become much worse. And when you get to that point, the treatment for that is much, much more no complicated kidding. and yeah. sophisticated. 416-870-6400. That sounds like you or otherwise uh, bring it on. Got time to talk to you. It's 1132 Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to it, 1134 Pinpoint Health Show. Appreciate you spending uh, this hour with us. You have questions, uh, health questions, pain questions, 416-870-6400. You can also go to info at pinpointhealth.com to reach out. In that regard, I want to move to uh, Isabel. Isabel, thank you for standing by for a moment there. How are you this morning? Oh, coping like everyone else. Uh, there you I, have, yeah. I have a question for Dr. Liu. He mentioned okay. um, a word among the other words you use today about lower back pain, I, I, stenosis. I was diagnosed with spinal stenosis two years ago, but right. no one has ever bothered to explain to me what exactly is spinal stenosis. Okay. Okay. So, so, so what spinal stenosis is, is this is, is going to be a bit of a challenge over um, the airwaves because the visual aspect of this is much easier. But your spine is composed of a bunch of different bones. Within that, there is a tunnel that is formed for the spinal cord. Okay? Uh, is the, you can picture that. At yes. each level where those bones meet, there's, there's another tunnel where the nerves come out of the spine and then go into the body. So as an example, in the low back, uh, the nerves that come out of the spine in the low back go into the legs, right? So you've got the important thing to remember with stenosis is you've got these tunnels in the spine where, where spinal cord and nerves go. Okay. The term stenosis means a narrowing of that canal, okay? Most oftentimes, it's where the nerves mm-hmm. go out to, to the body. If that canal narrows, okay. it's what you've probably heard before as a pinched nerve, where all of a sudden, if you've got... If you've got this, this canal where the nerve travels through, in a, in a general, generally normal person, if we look at the ratio, the nerve takes up about one-third of that space, 
right? So it's got two-thirds of room to sort of move around depending on body position and different things. Okay. With spinal stenosis, usually due to degenerative arthritis, so as you get older, what degenerative arthritis is, is as those bones start to break down, the, the holes start to narrow because everything is sort of breaking down and there's other things, calcium deposits that are being laid down, etc. So that canal starts to narrow. As that canal narrows, it puts pressure on the nerve. And so you've got now bony pressure on, on the nerves. That's what spinal stenosis is. Now you can have what is called central stenosis, which is where it, it actually affects the middle canal where the spinal cord is, or you can have peripheral or lateral stenosis, which is the areas where the nerves go out. If you were talking about low back pain, low back spinal stenosis, it's most likely uh, the, where the nerves come out to the body. So typically people that have this, this, this uh, pathology going on will describe things like walking creates a lot of burning and neurological symptoms, tiredness in the legs, and they can't walk very far and they need to sit down. Is that sort of um, sound similar to what you're going through? Yes, indeed, yeah. yes. Yeah, so that, that is what spinal stenosis is. Now, you bring up a very important uh, thing here, and it's something that makes me quite angry. Um, and it makes me angry because this is one thing that I try to do with every patient for everything. Making a patient understand what is going on with them is potentially one of the most, in my opinion, potentially one of, if not the most important aspect of the treatment plan. Because if someone doesn't necessarily understand like what you're suggesting there, that you don't know, no one has ever explained, if you don't know that, how can you possibly do the right things and how can you possibly avoid doing the wrong things? That's a very bad thing that practitioners need to change. Healthcare providers need to start explaining and making sure that someone understands the extent of what is going on with them. That is their duty. And so this is a big problem. And a lot of people that I see with spinal stenosis are in the same boat as you. And one of the things that I do is I spend about half an hour just explaining this. And, and then I show you models in terms of the spine on, okay, well, if you do this movement, look what happens. And this is why this movement is better for you. And if you do this, look what happens. And this is why this is worse for you. You need to understand those things. If you don't understand that, you're not going to be able to, to intervene the right way because the reality of spinal stenosis, it's not one of those things that's like, you know, oh, just take a pill and you'll feel better type of thing. It's something that you have to manage yourself. And if you manage it the right way by knowing the right things to do and knowing the wrong things to not do, you can do relatively well with it, okay? Okay. So, so I, I will have someone give you a call or, or just follow. You don't, it doesn't need to be me, but you can also follow up with whoever diagnosed you with this and just make sure that you understand, that you, someone gives you the full extent of understanding of what's going on and what it is you should be doing and what it is you should be avoiding uh, with spinal stenosis. Is there a cure for this ailment? No, there is no cure. Uh, there is a management process. And, and if you've never listened to me before, one of the things that I will often say is there's no cure for anything. Most of the times what we're doing in all of healthcare is managing, okay? Cures are very, very, you know, it doesn't really exist in, in my opinion. I think a lot of the times what we're just doing is managing a lot of things. But it doesn't matter about everything else. In terms of spinal stenosis, there are no cures, nothing that will make this completely go away, poof, it's gone. But there are things you can do to manage it so that you can say, oh, wow, I feel better. Um, and and that's, that's also important. And I think 
that's why I'm not a fan of that term cure because it, it just like that thing that that term has been so so overused in the world that people are always looking for a cure. Really, what people should be looking for is what's my best way to manage my issue. Isabel, appreciate the call. I'm going to uh, go to a break now. I'm going to give you the number uh, anyway to reach out and have a further conversation with Dr. Lou. Advise that you do, of course, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Again, one 855 Dr. Lou, uh, see you there. Lance, hang on the line, fella. We'll get to you next. And your phone calls, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show at 1141 on Saturday morning right here. Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You still got some time to give us a call, get some answers at 1144 on Saturday morning. It's a, it's a beauty out there. 416-870-6400 is the, uh, the way to do that. Going to move on here to, uh, to Lance. Hi, Lance. How are you? Oh, morning, hi, Lance. Hi. Yeah. Uh, hi. It's uh, yeah. I'm calling from British Columbia. I just want to give a bouquet to Dr. Lou. Uh, I sure. have arthritis in my neck, and I looked on the internet, found some exercises uh, on a uh, uh, chiropractor in Florida site, started okay. doing them. Didn't really see too much improvement. And I listened to your show one Saturday morning. And uh, Dr. Lou said, well, you've got to uh, stick with the exercises. You can't just do it for a while. So I said, well, okay. Anyway, the long and the short of it is I stuck it out. And here today, my neck is uh, loose. Uh, It's excellent. And I would have given it up, I think, had I not uh, heard your program. So just wanted to give you a bouquet. Okay, well, I appreciate that very much. I appreciate you listening all the way from from British Columbia. That's that's awesome. Um, you know, a couple a couple things, and I'm very happy for you. One of the things I just always try to be cautious with other people, um, and so one of the the things that I would caution in that is I do think exercises are better given by a professional who knows your specific case versus just watching it on YouTube or something like that or someone's website. Having said that, the great thing about exercises is there's very little potential negative consequence of them, right? So so that's the biggest thing, right? And I, and I think what you're highlighting is something that I um, try to highlight all the time It's with, with any type of treatment intervention, right? If, if it's been recommended and especially something like exercises, it is something you need to stick through with. It is something that you need to do day in and day out and continue to do even now that you're feeling um, great, right? Like, and, and that's awesome to hear. I would still encourage you keep doing those things because there's nothing that, uh, that says, you know, whatever you were dealing with can't come back. So, um, yeah, I, ver- I very much appreciate your call. I appreciate the kind words, and, and I think it's a great testament that, you know, and, and again, you're thanking me, but I think the reality it falls back on you. The, a lot of this stuff is not rocket science, and a lot of people have heard this similar type of messaging from a lot of people. I think what it really takes is, is the individual to put it on themselves and say, you know what, I am going to stick through it. So, so I congratulate you for doing that, um, and I think that's the right thing that you did by, by sticking it through and continuing to, to stick through with the, the things you should be doing. Yeah, well, very good. Thank you. And Great. I mean, I must say also, I did put some heat on and, and a couple of other basic uh, common sense things, but Great. it was just the uh, the very simple exercise program 
and uh, it was so effective. And I, I do it uh, about a, maybe 20, 30 percent of them now, and it just keeps it loose, and it's just Good. excellent. So that's great. I've, I thought about it often when I've uh, tuned into your show. And I thought, you know, I should phone the fellow and tell him that uh, he was instrumental in getting and, me out of a real bad and, place. And, so, and how are you tuning in from British Columbia? Is it through, I, I would assume, the uh, the website? Uh, no, it's through the uh, Radio Canada. Oh, yeah, I Radio Player yeah. Canada, yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Excellent. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I found it there. And, uh, and so I enjoy the show and listen whenever I can. But uh, Thank you. Anyway, keep sure. up the good work. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend over in uh, BC. Glad to have you uh, on the air. Peter, we're going to get to you before we get to a break. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, Pally. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I just want to bounce something off uh, the doctor just listening to the show. Uh, 52 active uh, within sports. One of the sports that really kind of uh, love to play is golf. And a week ago, um, kind of the lower left back just kind of gave way. Uh, leading up to that, I've I've kind of been dealing with a, a torn, a partially torn labrum in the uh, kind of the growing area of the left leg, and yeah. been seeing been seeing physio, been seeing deep tissue massage, and it's kind of one of those things where it's it's great, fixes it, doesn't fix it, just relieves it. Yep. And then the more the more stretching I seem to do. Uh, the, the the more tense, the, the sore the muscles are. So right. I'm kind of in a bind right now with COVID because my uh, surgeon was going to look into um, an MRI and then yeah. possible surgery or injection of something. And it's right. just kind of like I haven't been able to do anything because of the situation with most of the uh, essential services right now. Yeah. So, yeah, just wanted to bounce it off and kind of get some thoughts or if you have sure. – I'm in I'm in Collingwood. You're down in Etobicoke, Toronto area, and I'm just wondering if there's someone up here that you can refer to or if it's something that's worth my while coming down to see one of your branches. Sure. So, I mean, a couple things there. Number one, um, like, I guess we should start potentially with the torn labrum if that's uh, – so how do you know you have a torn labrum? Is that just suspected based on, on like, some physical testing, or has it somehow been confirmed with some imaging? It was just an X-ray image, but the physio basically said we need to do an MRI for a clear representation of it, but he did yeah. see some kind of um, difference between the left and the right. Okay, so you're not going to see much on the labrum from an X-ray, actually. So. So, but but that doesn't mean that it's it, like the signs and symptoms and the physical testing don't match up. I do think you absolutely need an MRI because you, that's the only way to really identify the torn labrum. In my experience, and anyone that's ever listened to my show, and I don't know if this is your first time listening to me, but I am always a fan of moving from the most conservative measures that we have to the most invasive measures because it just seems like the most logical progression before you would jump to something like surgery. Having said that, I'm not opposed to surgery, and there are instances where surgery is the best thing. In my experience, and when you look at the scientific research around a torn labrum in the hip, if that is the, the important thing, number one, is to figure out if that's actually what you have, right? That's step one. If that is, in fact, what you have, I would highly, highly recommend speaking with a surgeon about that. The, 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 the conservative measures uh, don't tend to work so well for torn labrums in the hip. 
for whatever reason, um, based on where it is, uh, the things that happen. So that's number one. It's figuring out exactly if it is a torn labrum, because if it is, then surgery may be your best option. I'm, I'm giving this as high, very high level, right, because I don't know the specifics of your entire medical history and all those things. Maybe that's not a potential. But I would say in general, when someone tells me that they have a confirmed torn labrum, typically what I'll say is that, that surgery is, is an option that should be considered right away, right? Like that, and that means even at the very least having a conversation. So number one there. Um, number two, when it comes to the low back pain with golf, uh, I love golf probably as much as you do, it sounds like. Um, one of the things about the low back, and, and it's interesting because we tell people don't bend and twist, right? And, and that's essentially what a golf swing is. It's, it's sort of a bend and a twist, obviously. And, and so the, it does create a problem with the low back. Now, it's probably mechanical, and that probably is something that can be dealt with, again, in a very conservative way, whether that's physio, chiro, massage, whatever it is. So that, that one sounds simpler, but I guess where I'm starting to go with my mind is could potentially what's going on in your hip be affecting your mechanics and that's what's affecting other things and then creating all these other problems. So for me, it's always about the root cause. So, you know, if, if somehow the low back pain is a relation to the labrum, you don't want to just ignore the labrum. So I think you need to find out if the labrum is the problem. Peter, going to let you go. Got a break. You want to reach out further, have a conversation. No problem. one 855 Dr. Lou. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. We'll take a break. Get back to it. Still got a few minutes for a call. If you want to lay one on us, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health right here. Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, just a couple minutes left here at 1156. Uh, Dr. Lou, by the way, you want to reach out after the show. The Lou Down is a long-form podcast. You can go to info at pinpointhealth.ca and always the phone number one eight five 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 five. doctor Lou. Good show today. A lot of uh, focus, people calling in with lower backs. Just goes to prove that problem is always and will always be there, but it, it is. is manageable, right? Yep. Yeah, and and just before we move on, I just because I think Peter, um, the last caller, I, I only partially answered sort of what he wanted there, and I think, and if he's still listening, I guess part of the question was also if there is a way to expedite these things in this COVID nineteen world, like in terms of MRIs and surgeries. The unfortunate reality is is not really. Um, it's sort of like the systems everywhere are sort of backlogged. Um, and they're just starting to get back up. So it, it's, it's sort of a challenge, and we're facing the same challenges as, as everyone else. Um, if Peter is still listening, I will have someone call you um, and see maybe setting up an assessment and, and seeing what's going on. So I just I, I wanted to sort of complete um, the, the answer that I had for Peter there. Um, Last uh, – yep, go ahead, man. Yep. Yeah, no, I was going to say, but, yeah, absolutely, when we consider – um, what's going on. These are real issues that people have all the time. Like, I mean, COVID-19 is not going to make people's pain and injury problems disappear. It is it is something that happens. Um, the great news is those things can still be dealt with, and, and I'm happy to help that in Pinpoint Health. Uh, the chain of clinics that I own and operate is happy to help with that. Um, you can find us by going to pinpointhealth.ca. You can give me a call at one eight five 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 doctor lu D-R-L-O-U, that will also give you an option to get directly to one of the other clinics if you're looking to book uh, some type of an appointment if it's not with me. The one thing I guess that I don't speak a lot about on the show, um, and maybe I should do more of, is 
everyone that works with me is in, is, is incredible. I, I would not put them part of our team if I didn't think that they were better than me. I don't just look for someone who I think potentially meets up to, to the standard of practice and the, and the things that I know. I try to always get the very best. So I think you're in good hands um, with anybody that you would see at Pinpoint Health. That's sort of my uh, guarantee. And, and, and again, I'm happy to hear any anything in terms of even constructive criticisms. And then, you know, in terms of reaching out, uh, again, the one eight five 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 drlou and also info at pinpointhealth.ca. I know, John, at some points you said help mm-hmm. at or dot com, but it's dot ca. It's info at pinpointhealth.ca. And that'll do it for another week. We'll reconvene next Saturday. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for calling in. And we'll talk to you again on the Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.